Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 174 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today we have two segments for you. Kicking the show off, Neil, Zach, and Brian get together to talk all about Super Mario 64, which was just released on the Wii U Virtual Console. And after that, myself, Alex, and special guest Joshua Helier break down this week's news, including all the crazy Amiibo Wave 4 confusion. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to an episode here on Connectivity, where we're going to talk all about Super Mario 64, which recently came out on the Wii U Virtual Console. Yes, finally. I, I'm Neil Ronahan, and joining me today are Zach Miller. Hello! And Brian Rose. Hi, everyone. Uh, so what we're going to do with this is we are going to talk about how much we all love Super Mario 64 and how it was a blast playing it on Wii U. And then, uh, as we wind down the segment, we are going to argue in real time over what we think that the review score should be for the game in our review mini, which will go up, I don't know if it'll be up before this is done, or I don't know. I don't know what the order of things are going to be, but we are going to argue the review score, and then the conclusion that the three of us reach will be the review score for the site in a review of some sort that might be written by one of us, or it might be like a conversation that we put in review form. I don't know. As you can see, we, we kind yeah. of have no idea what we're doing with this. We're just kind of seeing what happens. <laughs> so let's talk about Super Mario 64. Um, it came out back in 1996. It was a launch game on the Nintendo 64. And I think if you're listening to this, you know a lot about Super Mario 64. Um, so, so Brian, coming back to this game, how, what'd you think? I thought it was... Really well done, really well done game, and so ahead of its time because you look at games like Super Mario Sunshine and Super Mario Galaxy, and it's like it follows like almost the same exact format of Super Mario 64. And this is a like the design of the 3D Mario games has been dating back to like 1996, and now we're at you look at Super Mario Galaxy 2 in 2010, it's like it's an ageless kind of gameplay, it's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely for better or worse provided the the format for the for the 3D Mario games since its inception. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, we're like, okay, so when Super Mario 64 came out in 1996, it has been 19 years. Oh my god. Um if you're looking at it uh <laughs> from that perspective, uh, from when the original Super Mario Brothers came out and 19 years onto that, that's when new Super Mario Brothers came out. Oh, jeez. So, oh, so let's hope for new Super Mario 64. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy it. I mean, for, for Maybe me coming, time. for me coming back to this game and it's, and it's been a while and actually here, here's my mildly embarrassing, uh, secret is that I never actually owned Super Mario 64 on the Nintendo 64. Oh my god. Um, Get off I did, this I, show. I, I got a Nintendo 64 when Mario Kart came out, and okay. I had uh, people who lived down the road from me who had a Nintendo 64 at launch and had Super Mario 64. So I would go over their house pretty much every day after school when the, Super, when the Nintendo 64 came out, and we played the shit out of Super Mario 64. So I played a lot of Super Mario 64, but I never owned it. Until actually the, the first version of the game that I bought myself was the DS one. And then oh. I got a copy of the N64 version. I don't know, sometime, like when I was in college is when I, I, I found it at a used game store. 
You know, I've never um, played the DS version because there's actually, no analog I, controls. I think that the DS version is is pretty good. It's been a while yeah, since I, I like revisited it. it, but I think that there there are some aspects, especially going back to it, and it's been it's been quite a while since I've played played through a substantial amount of Super Mario sixty four. Um, it, it's still like it's beautiful, it's elegant. Like I, I even yeah. think that the graphics hold up because it's a it's a very like yeah. almost kind of timeless abstract style. It's very clean. Yeah, like it 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 doesn't. It just, I mean, it looks dated, but it doesn't look bad. That's like, what I, I thought too. Like I, I mean, I look at that game and I don't see a game where I'm like, oh god, like. 3D games when they first started, how how shitty do they look? No, like this game still looks kind of good. It does. Yeah. the The only thing that that I notice now is the the two dimensional trees and the two dimensional coins yeah. and stuff. They're clearly sprites, but even that, I mean, it looks it looks better than you'd think it would. Yeah. Like you can see yeah. where everything is. Everything is clearly a point in space. I think that the camera is still an issue. Oh, that's, the camera's that, awful. Yes, that, that, that was the I mean, it's, thing it's, I noticed. It's workable, but it's annoying. It's but very annoying. <laughs> it's also the kind of thing that when you think about, like, if you kind of historicize this a little bit, and you look at 1996, where were we at? Like, no, this shit was revolutionary. Yeah. But yeah. but looking back at it now, like, it's it's real rough. And, I mean, there are some yeah. places it's clear that the camera is a an object in 3D space that you're moving around, uh, but there are many times where... You should be able to move that camera more, and it's just not going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, you're not in a corner or something. It's just it doesn't want to move anymore. I'm so used to, like, the camera style of today. It's like going back. It's like every time I try to climb up a mountain, like, in tiny, huge island, I remember. It's so annoying to having to fix the camera constantly so you know where to go. It's like, oh, man. It's it's annoying at times. That was the main (laughs) thing I, I got out of it. I... That's the main thing I would put, like, in the con section of the camera. It doesn't hold up at all. Yeah. And, I, and I mean, it kind of affects my gameplay, too. Like, I found myself yeah. missing more jumps. And I think I, – I actually have to say that because I, I remember it feeling way smoother and not being as frustrated by certain parts of it. And I think that the improvements of cameras and controls over the past 20 years have kind of ruined some aspects of Super Mario 64 for me because, I mean, I, mean, I, just, I just think about how – Goldeneye was a functional first-person shooter using one stick when I was a kid. And I go back and I play Goldeneye now, and it's like, like I feel like I'm playing one-handed. Because I'm so used to two sticks for, for a first-person shooter. And I think, to an extent, that's kind of how I feel with Super Mario 64, is I'm used to having that other analog stick or some other kind of better control for the camera. Or at least even the option to... You know, swap left, right, uh, you know, press left to go right or press left to go left, yeah. things like that. Is there, it, is there I, no option to change that? I don't think there is. There's not an options menu. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so. it, it very much is a, no, it's a no nonsense, like here, go, start. Yeah. But, but the but, thing I, like, I'll give it credit forever. It was the first of its kind. Yeah. Yeah. And it, transformed how how action games were played it and and Zelda uh Ocarina of Time yeah. I mean you know we can diss the camera but the fact that it got so much right you know 
at the fir- in the first try. It was the first try, and they got so much right. It's just, it's a miracle, and that it's game is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, as far as like, uh, I mean, the levels, I I still find them a lot. A lot of them are very memorable, and returning yes. to them now, like it's just it's wonderful to yep. look back at some mm-hmm. of those levels, and you know whether you're racing Koopa the Quick. Or, you know, you're, you're going through the Bowser levels, which I, I really love those Bowser levels. They're so hard. They're so they're, much they're, harder than they're I really remember. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's too. a lot. I think that's a lot because you don't realize that jumping is kind of a bitch in that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I love, I still love that, the, the way that that, that game's structured and having those levels that you can go in and you can sequence break a little bit if you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, or like, you're like, you know what, instead of, instead of finishing this star that I came in for, I'm just going to find that the red coins. Screw yeah. it. Yeah. That's um, what I did. The first thing I did was in bomb on battlefield. The first thing I did was free the chain chomp. I didn't go up to the mountain. Yep. Me too. Like, that was like one of the first games where it's like a sandbox kind of gameplay. Like the things that, um, Grand Theft Auto 3 would later innovate. It's a, it's thinking back, Sporo 64 is like one of the most influential games of this generation, really. Yeah, I mean, not even generation. I think of all time. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> as far as as far as influence on 3D games, I, I mean, I think it's influenced probably to some degree the majority of all 3D of games that have come since 1996. Yeah. And I mean, even the sandbox thing. Others, uh, yeah. Like you're right. You can. One of the things that I noticed uh, at this time playing through it that maybe I noticed before, but maybe not, is the levels don't change. You know, in Mario Galaxy, for example, or even Mario Sunshine, yeah. the level structure would change based on what star you're going for. Yeah, with Mario Galaxy, that's the one thing that kind of... I I mean, I, I still... Like, I love Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, don't get me wrong, but that's the one thing that kind of disheartened me when I was playing through those, is that that's that's an element of Super Mario 64 that I love. And yeah. really, when you have multiple stars at one place in Mario Galaxy, it's not like you're going to the same level. It's this this linear path that you're going on. Yeah, There's not linear. as much exploration outside of, like, I mean, like, some of, like, the B levels from from Galaxy. I remember them being a little more exploratory. Um, but for the most part, you're, you're going this linear path, and that's, it really is an element of Mario games that I miss. And it it really after sixty four and sunshine it it pretty much disappeared. It's yeah. true. Because look at I mean look at three D landed three D world both very fun games, um, masterful in some spots even, but they're they're all very linear and yeah there's there is you know you can look for secrets in the levels but that's not the same. No. Yeah, no, the freedom it's... of of doing what you want to do is one of the best things about video games since Super Mario 64's release. And uh, them taking that away kind of is kind of disheartening totally. Yep. I even like like the little things, even exploring the castle is, is tons yeah. of fun and how that kind yeah. of opens up as you go. And one of the things that I really... Yeah, one of my favorite things was exploring the castle and um, finding all the secret switches and stuff like yeah, the slide, the uh, vanish cap, uh, sinking the, the boat. Secret, secret aquarium. Yeah, secret aquarium. I mean, I even love how, like, okay, so a big element of this game is controlling the camera, even if it's busted. 
that they do have um, in in that first area that you go to where you can get the wing cap. And it's by tilting the camera up towards the skylight is how you enter that yeah, level. How would you ever know that? Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's just such a great thing of that, like, <laughs> they want you to explore using this new mechanic. And if you explore, you'll be rewarded. Like, it's... I mean, yeah. that, that's what this game is built about, is here's this brand new system, this brand new controller, these brand new ideas, and we want you to to have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the flying cap, the one other uh, con is the flying. The yes, flying that was, was Oh, God, yeah. I, those I, were the two things I was going to mention. The wing cap, I, I hate. I don't like it at all. Speaking, speaking of the wing cap, when I went to go do that, when I was playing through it on, on Wii U, <laughs> I... I was like, oh yeah, there's this thing right here. I went and got it, and I wanted to get the star that was hidden in there. Yep. And that took me about a half an hour because I <laughs> kept on fucking it up. I started, yeah. I, what I started doing was restore pointing after every successful red coin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. That's I should have done that. I, I, I never did that. And, and I think part of that is because, um, I, I'm still kind of hardwired to, it, it takes me a while oh, to realize sure. that I have the option of restore points. And that's something I, I love that there are restore points. I do too. On, I wonder if this, this is Wii what made version. it take so long to get N64 games on here was just to be able to restore point them. I, yeah. I, maybe. I don't I know, be, man. I, I'm just I, trying I to come up with justifications. I mean, we know that the <laughs> DS games, and that'll be probably the subject of another video, but part of that was the challenge of getting that to properly emulate, and I guess they fixed it. Although the funny thing is, is when you boot up the DS games on Virtual Console, there's a note being like, eh, the emulation isn't perfect. Huh, really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, uh, so let's get to the, the, the fun part where we argue and bicker about the score. Wait, one more thing I gotta bring up. The okay, music is sure. some of the best on, in the Mario series, in this game. I will agree to that. The water Wonderful. stage. Water yeah, the wa- awesome. I mean, the, yeah, the water, water music's stage. awesome. Too bad the water stages all suck shit. Yeah. But the, yeah, the music is, great. the music makes them way more tolerable. Yeah. The yeah, Bowser music, the Bowser stage music is phenomenal. Yeah. I Bowser mean, seems it, awesome. Even just, even, uh, man, everything about those Bowser levels are, are even the castle music is pretty catchy. It's, it's mm-hmm. all catchy. Like it's, it's a great soundtrack across the board. And totally. And a soundtrack that we've seen kind of beaten into the ground over the past 20 years. True. Because it it seems like themes (laughs) from it show up in every Mario game. Yeah. But it's got last ability. It's still great. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I guess let's go around and uh, uh, just so everyone knows, we haven't discussed what our scores would be prior. But let's just go around this, this trio and... Say what your score would be for this game if you were reviewing it. Zach? Uh, in 96, I would have given it a 10. Today, I give it a 9. Same thing. The camera just annoys the hell out of me, so I'm going to give it a 9. This, this is, this is going to be stupidly easy. <laughs> because, uh, I mean, I definitely agree. Yeah, if I was reviewing this in 96, Easily, easily 10 out of 10. Like, no, no real debate. Like, when I, I mean, this game blew my mind when, when I first yeah. played it. Like, it, I, I, dude, I, I wrote a, I drew and a wrote a player's guide for a made up fucking game based on Mario 64. <laughs> I was basically I think, yeah. just drawing Mario 64 with a dinosaur. So you, Super Mario Sunshine with Yoshi? Uh, no, it wasn't a Yoshi, but it, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but my score for the yeah, I mean definitely a ten. I think that I'm I'd, I'd be hemming between a nine or a nine five for for the Wii U Virtual Console release because I mean oh, I still I think it looks really nice. It um, does. I know some people kind of complain. I, I think that the Wii Virtual Console version people had issues with, but for for me, I never actually played it on Wii Virtual Console, so I can't oh. speak from experience. Um, I think it looks fine. Like I, I think it's great to be able to play yeah. it on the gamepad. Yes, I, I, definitely. I love the idea of the restore points, even though I probably should have used them more effectively when doing the wing cap thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think I think I'd be I'd be hemming and hawing between a nine or a nine five. But I'll make this easy and just go with you guys down to nine because um, that seems fair. And and you know the wing cap would factor into my cons more, but. Honestly, when you think about it, there are maybe five stars in the whole game yeah. that you get with the wing cap. And, and they're not, and most of them aren't really that difficult. Like, I think that that, that no. one hidden star in the castle is probably the hardest, the hardest one to get one. with the wing cap. Like the one you get in Bomb on Battlefield, if you just shoot. You're just shoot shooting the, through a cannon. You're just yeah. shoot, if you shoot Almost right, you get it right too. away. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I just, and like a lot of, a lot of the lighter stuff, which is where I'm at now, like TikTok clock and the, the like the ways that you can enter the paintings in different ways. Like if you, you know, enter one, you, one direction, it's, it's, everything's big or everything's tiny. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. The I mean, only level just, that, the only level I actually do not enjoy is that last Rainbow Road level. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. It? Yeah. It, it, no, it, it's not just Rainbow Road, is it? No, it's something There's... else. But you know Rainbow what Ride. I'm talking about. Rainbow Ride. Yeah, Rainbow yeah, Ride. Rainbow Ride. Yeah, I, like I don't, I don't like the levels as much. I mean, it's kind of like the the Smash Brothers stage that that one is, where yes. it's you know going in that path. Like that's. Whereas I think that the music in that level is really great. I I don't like that. Like you have to follow this, this uh this carpet for a while and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's boring. I found it to be boring. But. I mean, if you if you haven't played this game before, I don't know what the hell you're doing. I know. Um, I mean, it might be if if you missed out on it, if you're on the younger side or something, this is still a game worth revisiting, even if you've never played it before. You might you might not be as over the moon about it as a lot of other people that grew up with it, uh, but it's still worth playing, and especially kind of seeing seeing almost in a way like Nintendo kind of took elements took elements from Super Mario 64 and built on them throughout Sunshine Galaxy 3D World. Yeah. And there are elements of it, like we kind of talked about with the sandbox stuff, that kind of got left by the wayside. So yeah. it, it's but kind of other games picked it up. I think this is a an yeah. important game from a historical context to play. Yeah, and, and I think it's interesting because there really are elements of Super Mario 64 that Nintendo hasn't really built on that much. And I don't know if it's that they tried and it didn't work out or if they just kind of honed in on what they thought was Mario. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I've been rooting for this for years. I want to see them go back to some elements of Super Mario 64. I don't think, I don't think you ever do Super Mario 64 too, because that is basically just being like, well, we're going to make a sequel to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if that works guys. Jesus 2. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> um, but, like, I would love to see them take those elements of Super Mario 64 that they haven't really revisited and, and see what happens. Put EAD Tokyo on it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd, I agree. I'd, I'd honestly like to see, I think Johnny was saying it's it's going to be the 20th anniversary of next year. Next yeah, year's the yeah, 96. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see, uh, honestly, an HD... Uh, a Mario Galaxy 
looking remake of Mario 64. I think that'd be great with modern camera controls and modern movement controls, but similar level design. I think it'd be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, well, they kind of did that in Super Mario Galaxy 2. They had the, the throwback galaxy. I didn't yeah, play that. I haven't world. gotten that far. Which the kind of funny thing about that part in Super Mario Galaxy 2 is that I went and played that. Like, it's a... God, what's that? The, the Thwomp Fortress? Is that... Yeah, Thwomp right? Thwomp's right, Fortress, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's basically that. Um, with, you know, you have the couple stars that kind of throw back to it. And I think you do fight a Thwomp or something. But I remember playing Galaxy 2, getting to that point, and I was I was hanging out with some people when I got to that point, and we're like, this is really great. And we finished that world, and then we went back and we played Super Mario 64, and we're like, hey, th- we kind of like this better. Huh, really? Wow. Yep. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel as constrained as Mario Galaxy 2 does at times. Yep. yep. And I like, it feels weird saying that, like, oh, yeah, like... Super Mario Galaxy 2 limits me. Um, cause I, that's I still, a really amazing game. Yeah, it, like, I really, it, I really... Is Mario Galaxy 2, like, you can only get the red coins on the red coin star, that kind of thing? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like Galaxy 1 in that regard. Yeah, I don't it's like It's very that. similar to Galaxy yeah. 1. And I enjoy both of those games a whole lot. Like, Galaxy 1 is probably one of my favorite Wii games, if not my favorite Wii game. But there are just parts of that that I, I wish they were more open. Those were like really Mario amazing. 64. Both of those games were really amazing, but at the same time, it didn't. I guess it, it's not as amazing as Super Mario 64 in the sense that it didn't really innovate as much as it... I don't even think it refined it, but it it presented itself very well in terms of presentation, and the level design is still great, but the idea of exploration isn't there like in Mario 64. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. I have Mario Galaxy 2, a game I've never played, except now I have played a few worlds in it, and Mario 64. I'm playing Mario 64, which is a 20-year-old game, and I don't really care that I haven't really touched Mario Galaxy 2. I don't know yeah, if that's Mar- more about me or about how great Mario Super 64 is. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, kind of like like I was saying, like, if, if you were a person listening to this and you're on the younger side and, like, you know, you were born in the early 90s, so, or the or the late 90s or something like that. So Mario 64 didn't come out during a, you know, formative years when you're yeah. paying attention to video games and stuff. Um, you might not, you might not be as over the moon about this game as we are, but at the same time, I, I think that there are parts of it that kind of, shine through brighter than a lot of the other Mario games. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Remember finding Yoshi at the end of that game? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was great. That was incredible. I never collected all 120 stars. I just collected enough to beat the game. Really? That's what I'm trying to... Yeah, that's what I'm trying to fix here is collecting them all so I can get to Yoshi. Yeah, because, I mean, I I, I talked about earlier about how I had the... uh, You know, I played it over our friend's... And we, we as a team, you know, um, that me and, and like the, the siblings from that family that had, had the N64 that I played a lot, uh, we got to 120, but I didn't do it all by myself. So then on the Super Mario 64 DS, that's when I, I got all the stars on that one. I know there's a way there's to, a... there's a way to wall kick up to the top of the castle. And I've, I've, I've seen screenshots of people doing it. This is back in the day with magazines. 
but I've never done it. I, I went one time a long time ago. I spent like an hour trying to do it, but I couldn't do it. Here's a question. Did you guys ever try to unlock Luigi, like all the conspiracy theories about how to unlock Luigi? Did you ever believe them or just think that was I, a... I think I tried one of them. That might have been the same night where um, a friend and, a friend and I... I think we tried some of those and then we did a couple codes for shadows of the empire to see the result, like the, the cut scene of the very, very, like, I think it was like on a harder difficulty, you'd get a bonus scene at the end. So we did a bunch of crazy codes to, to get to that. Yeah. The one I keep remembering is you go into the courtyard and you try to circle around that water fountain. Like, I think they said you gotta do it like, 72 times and they <laughs> pop out or something like that. Oh, that's, like a, that. that's a wonderful, yeah. a wonderful trolly idea. I, I stopped, I stopped those trolling things, uh, one time back in, I don't know, I must have been in grade school. Uh, a friend of mine suggested that there was a, a finishing move for B Orchid in, uh, what's that game called? Come on now. Rare fighting game. Uh, Killer, Killer Instinct. Instinct. Killer Instinct, where she would, take her top off uh but towards the screen (laughs) towards the viewer there is a finishing move where she takes her top off towards the opponent and they have a heart attack and die but yep my friend was like you got to press these buttons you know to get it to work and he was totally trolling me (laughs) so after that i was like fuck you cheats i think that's a good place to end zach talking about (laughs) boobs Um, yeah sure so Back Super Mario 64, school, man, I knew what I liked. Super <laughs> Mario 64 is on the Wii Virtual Console. You can get it for $9.99, I think, right? They didn't up the price on it. No, it's it's a bargain. Um, if you got on a Wii so. Virtual Console, it's just $2. That's um, what I paid. Yeah, it comes highly recommended from our panel of experts here. So uh, check it out and, you know, let us know what you think about this if you were... If this makes its way onto YouTube, you can let us know in the comments below. You can also come into the forums on NintendoWorldReport.com slash forums. Join our forums, talk about stuff there. We talk about more than Mario 64. And you can also email us at connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com because this will also be a part of a podcast that you might be listening to right now. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening, watching, whatever you're doing, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Later. Everybody, welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Thursday, April 9th, 2015. I am your host, Alexander Kalafi. 
and I'm joined this week by series regular Scott Thompson. Hello. As well as this week's special guest, the lead writer, communications manager of Neon the Ninja, as well as friend of Nintendo World Report, Joshua Hillier. This is the evening news with Joshua Hillier. <laughs> oh, oh, you want to take this over tonight? It's Josh's show now. It's, I'm just going to sit yeah. back. I used to work at a news station, actually. Did you major in journalism? Uh, mass communication, so yeah, basically. Okay. Oh wow, you might you might have heard of my school then. Have you uh, have you heard of Emerson? Uh, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, Emerson. It's okay, perfect. So you went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big donor. Uh, I, I love Emerson. Oh, who was your favorite professor? Uh, definitely Dr. Carter. <laughs> Just a, you know, I don't like to throw okay. the word genius around, but. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe All right. uh, it's Enough of that nonsense. This week's top story is Amiibo Wave 4. It happened. Pre-orders went up. Pre-orders went down almost as fast as they went up. And we're here to talk about it. First, I want to go around and ask, out of the, the Amiibo that went up for pre-order, Charizard, Pac-Man, Wario, Ness, which is GameStop exclusive, Lucina, and Robin, and Greninja and Jigglypuff, which one of these did you get? Josh? <laughs> I have pre-ordered Ness, which, mm-hmm. um, kind of funny story, I think I might have been the last person in the United States who was able to pre-order that before GameStop system, like, officially blocked everyone out. So yeah. um, the store manager actually called me right after I left and said, okay, it won't let anybody else order them now. So all of your hate and vitriol, send it my way, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, no, I get enough of that. Actually, don't don't do that. And uh, what else? So Ness was the big get, though, obviously for me. And Pac-Man, who mm-hmm. who I might be sending to CJ from Player One, but we'll see how that goes. And Ooh, super Pac. Yeah, he has. You know, he's a big Pac-Man guy, so we'll see yeah. if that turns out or not. And um, I was not able to get Wario though, but I got the Splatoon three pack. Where and when did that go for pre-order? Because that didn't go up simultaneously, did it? That was available at GameStop if you did an in-store pre-order last Thursday, April second. So, okay. Um, and I, then I was I, lucky enough yeah. to get that too. Uh huh. And then I know like the pre-order rules for GameStop are a little weird. Like the online stuff will sell out in twenty minutes, but because they use different warehouses for the online and in-store, you can actually get a little lucky with the in-store, like within a few hours, I think. Correct. Correct. Yeah, no, so I was there at, like, 4 in the afternoon and lucked up. But but Wario was gone. Ness was still there and Wario was gone, so go figure. Yeah, I, I wonder which one of these is going, which one of these are going to be rare. I mean, Lucina and Robin are going to be obvious, but, but I mean, and Greninja certainly, and Jigglypuff, and Ness. Uh, Scott, which one of these did you pre-order? None! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have I would have wanted Ness if any of them, but I wasn't going to bother like lining up at GameStop on my lunch break or something at work. Yeah. Um, and the rest I just don't care about. I mean, my philosophy with this now is it's like if it's a character I really enjoy, then I then I'll get the amiibo. But other than that, like I'm not going to go out of my way to order like a Jigglypuff when I really don't care <laughs> anything, you know, for Jigglypuff whatsoever. Um, so you know. It, if I see them out, you know, once they finally do release and I want to pick one up, I'll do that. But my philosophy with Amiibo is just, like, grab the characters that I enjoy and especially try to pre-order them if you kind of know they're going to be rare. 
Um, but other than that, I just can't, I can't be bothered to care because I'll just be like crestfallen and heartbroken every single time a new wave comes out and it's immediately sold out like before they're even released. So, but I will literally yeah, yeah. like shake someone for an amiibo. So, Josh, watch out. <laughs> you will. Would you say shank? Yeah, shank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where are you? <laughs> uh, with, within shanking distance. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought I felt somebody's <laughs> breath on my neck. <laughs> yeah. Behind it's these uh, blinds. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> With with the amiibo, I, I've actually gotten to the point where I'm wondering if, in the limited ten minute window I have to pre-order stuff, whether I should I should go for the ones I want or the ones that I know I wouldn't be able to get except in that moment. Like for me, I was around when Wario sixty four tweeted out the Best Buy links, so I ended up getting the one I really wanted, Charizard. Nice. Uh, which which was nice. I lucked out on that. But Greninja, the the other one I really wanted, that one was up at like 5 a.m. Yeah. Toys R Us website only. Might be in store, might not at this point. Uh, I think it is going to be. Is So, yeah, right. I heard that it was going to be and then that it wasn't going to be. And I think that the latest information, which is supposedly correct, is that there will be an in-store pre-order at some point for that. Right. And and the the thing I'm wondering is like, I really love Fire... Well, I really like Fire Emblem Awakening, and I kind of want a Robin Amiibo, but I I don't want one that much, but I feel almost compelled to prioritize pre-ordering that over pre, pre-ordering Charizard because I know that if I don't get Robin right now, it's going to be $50 minimum when it actually comes out uh, next month. So... Yeah, and you know that's a, that's just such a shame, you know that that you can want a character that's being released and just simply not be able to get it unless you go to some aftermarket, you know, eBay or wherever else. So yeah. I mean, I know that that's been well documented, and plenty of people. If you look at Nintendo's Twitter feed, anytime mm-hmm. they post anything about amiibos, the the comments they get are. Uh, Borderline disturbing. <laughs> the, yeah. The yeah. <laughs> so it's funny. It, it, it definitely is worth a laugh, but at the same time, uh, the, surely they're aware of this and they see those replies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I, think, I think it's going to improve down the road. I We've talked about this before, but I really think yeah. the mistake was committing to making uh, an amiibo for every single character in Smash Brothers. Yep. I mean, now they're, they're like taxed with making... I mean, how many characters in Smash Brothers? Like near 40, right? Uh, like closer to fifty. Right. Okay. There you go. And releasing them in in waves, and it, they're having a hard time, I think, gauging you know popularity and just knowing which ones people are going to want. Not really realizing that people pretty much want every single one. Um. Right. So that that's just an issue. But I feel like once they clear this like Smash Brothers hurdle and they move on, I think things will be better. Like releasing three for Splatoon is reasonable, and releasing five Mario Brothers ones that will, you know, seemingly work with every Mario game from here on out. I mean, that's, like, a smart move. The, they just were way over their heads with the uh, the Smash Brothers commitment, not realizing, yeah. I think, the popularity these things were going to have. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it entirely. It was just a complete misreading of the potential audience for it, apparently. Yeah. Because they yeah. haven't really done a lot of, like, figure licensing over the years. Yes, yeah, a little bit. But not not to this level, right? And and what and what's the solution at this point? Like, yes, I, I I can appreciate the fact that Nintendo is making a lot of money, or at least way more than I anticipated on Amiibo, probably. And I understand that it's 
it's a beautiful money pit, this whole Amiibo thing is. However, as a consumer, it's hard not to be really pissed off that I really want to get on this train. I really want to support all my favorite Nintendo characters and, and own a figure to put on my shelf and in my games, but Nintendo's making it impossible. And what are they going to do? Because, sure, Marth is getting a, a, a second run. Sure, uh, Ike is going to. Sure, I'm sure Villager will down the line when the new Animal Crossing Happy Homemaker comes out and the Wii U game comes out. But are they going to do reprints of Mr. Game & Watch when he runs out? Like, why would they? But at the same time, it is a great tragedy that a lot of these characters are going to get the reprints that many fans need them to get. Right, yeah. They'll, they'll release them, at, you know, now, and then if that character can be used, you know, reasonably uh, in another game down the line, they'll, they'll re, uh, reproduce some more, just like they are now with Marth, like you said. Uh, but like you said, Mr. something like Mr. Game & Watch, or probably Ness, <laughs> uh, those aren't getting reprints. Like, those those will just be done. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't think that the Earthbound fighting game is going to be big? <laughs> uh, I think when Mother 4 comes here in 2026, uh, mm-hmm. they might look into the Nest mm-hmm. Reprint. Bank on it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And uh, I, I should, by the way, the one uh, amiibo we all want most is the Duck Hunt Dog, right? It's We, we can all safely say that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I So yeah. I, I sent some sarcasm. I'm dead serious. I really want that one. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I absolutely okay. do. It, it, it's okay. goofy to say it, but no. I'm. What I was going to go around and say then is, how much would you be willing to pay for a Duck Hunt Dog Amiibo if it was really good? I would probably pay upwards of $40. Yeah. I Okay, I'm going to be the, the loon and say probably... I might... I don't want to hit... Th- Three figures, triple figures, but I don't know, maybe $90. 99 <laughs> Yeah, and I'm about to have a second child, too, and this is what I'm spending $100 on. Duck hunt dog. Yeah, uh, no, but that Amiibo is going to be adorable. Uh, Smash Bros. to me is, like, revitalized duck hunt. Like, I want to see 100 new duck hunt games now. Not even, like, traditional duck hunt. Like, I actually want the dog and the duck to just be friends and go on adventures together. Like, I want a platformer with those two. Yes, yes. 2D or 3D. Yeah. Uh, either. Whatever. I will take anything. <laughs> There's definitely a Banjo-Kazooie parallel there. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, it's like a perfect fit. Yeah. Yeah, it's that would, that would be an amazing revival of the N64 platformer by the time, uh, what's it called? Project Ukuleleans have come to fruition. thrown out to compete their own collectathon platformer. <laughs> Starring the Duck Hunt duo. Yeah. You know, Scott, would, would, you, would you pay? Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. See, I'm not. I have not uh, bought any Amiibo secondhand, so I, I have a hard time saying that I would. Um, but it's the kind of thing where if I ever saw someone like you said, like Wario sixty four, like tweet out like, "Oh hey, pre-orders up!" Like I would drop everything I was doing to try to get in and like pre-order it, if nothing else. Uh, and then if I got desperate, we'd see. I'd probably, I'd probably pay a little bit over forty. It seems like the cutoff for sure, but we'll see. Forty. I mean, yeah. that's three times the price at that point. So yeah. that's a that's a sane number. <laughs> You know? It's worth three Amiibo to me. Yeah, yeah. I say so. Sure. Yeah. yeah, like three Luigi's, you know, or whatever. I'll just, <laughs> you know what I'll do is I will just sell this one here, and uh, the money I make, I will go ahead and just buy the Duck Hunt Dog, because I like the Duck Hunt Dog more. What about this guy? How, how much is, uh, oh, let me see. Ooh, I finally get to see it. It's How, how much is that going for right now? Not a whole lot, actually. I think only, like, on average, the eBay sellings were 40-ish. 
You know, it's not bad. You know, and I think it helps, okay. too. I think Walmart was pretty well-stocked with those. Like, the fact that you can actually go in and buy them at store is a huge improvement over some of these other ones. Exactly, exactly. I haven't, so. I haven't seen this guy at all anywhere. I did. I saw him at Best Buy one day. Really? Randomly. In the wild? Wow. But that was the only time. It was one time at Best Buy, <laughs> and then never again. Yeah. So yeah. I got a I got a pre-order of that one, and that's actually a really fun feature that it unlocks for Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, mm-hmm. the uh, the Find Toad or whatever they call it, the Pixel Toad thing. Right, like you... a little like mini game kind of in there, yeah. Yeah, like I think that's probably my favorite amiibo integration in a game so far. Wow, hmm. are you being sarcastic? I'm dead serious. Uh, the, training them for Smash <laughs> isn't really that exciting for me, aside from just like the. Uh, the fully insane moments that I have where I just pit eight of them against each other and sit there and watch them by myself, uh, which I'm aware that's weird. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, the Hyrule Warriors thing isn't really that exciting to me. I guess the Kirby thing is kind of cool. Yeah, the Kirby thing is if you happen to get the two, like, ultra-rare ones. But even the Kirby Amiibo is neat just because it keeps you uh, completely charged in uh, Kirby Canvas Curse, so you can, like use your charge attack the whole time without having to collect stars, which is cool. And yeah. then the codename Steam implementation is probably the best so far. I mean, unlocking I, I three secret that. characters, yeah. That's yeah, that is, that is pretty intense. But, of course, those are the hardest characters to yes, find among naturally. the hardest. naturally, yeah. <laughs> so, but they're getting a reprint. Yeah. I bet it's going to be like Xenoblade Chronicles, where it brings the price down significantly for a few weeks, and then it just goes back up. Because I'm pretty sure physical copies of Xenoblade Chronicles still fetch a pretty high price uh, one way or another. And I don't think whatever they put out for Marth is going to be sustainable because there's no way it's going to just become common. I agree, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. We'll see it for a little while, kind of like Toad, like we were just talking about with mm-hmm. Toad, and then it'll be gone. Yeah. The, the, uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we move on is that there's this part of me like thinking about all the things that Amiibo has become, uh, for better or worse, is there a part of you guys that just wishes like you almost went back in time to when the pre-orders for the first wave started up and you were smarter about getting Marth and Villager and the ones you're never going to own? Because I had a pre-order for Villager that I canceled because I decided I didn't need it. Oh, ouch! <laughs> hurts. It hurts. And now I really want it and I can't get it anywhere. Yeah. Um yeah. I absolutely would do it again. I, I would I would go back and pre order every last one of them and I would have Wii Fit Trainer and <laughs> Marth and Villager and the whole gang. Um because I really want Villager yeah. now. But I think that's the one I'm you know, obviously Wii Fit Trainer's more of a novelty one, but um I I love the Animal Crossing games, so I don't know why I didn't pre order that one. I think I thought it would be somewhat common because yeah. it is Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's- it's one of Nintendo's biggest franchises, hands down. Right. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there was but just no way to predict what was going to happen when those released. Like, no way. It was impossible to know that this would just be, like, a clusterfuck immediately and that, like, some of them would just disappear within days of being released. I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty unbelievable. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and pre-order them because I feel like... I still see people now who are like, I have the complete set. I have to try to track every single one down. And not having, not having those like right out of the gate means that I don't have to like worry about being this like perfectionist collector. I can just move on with my life, which yeah. is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, you're like completely sane and rational, Scott. <laughs> I try to be. Is this how you live your life? Yeah, it's strange, right? <laughs> 
I might. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I'll write a, I'll write you, a stop. I'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Works. And then the Yoshi uh, plush amiibo, I'd probably pay thirty dollars for at least. That's another. It's probably gonna cost like twenty twenty five retail. I imagine there's no way that costs thirteen bucks. You don't think so? No, it's unless I. It looks like it's gonna be slightly bigger than the other amiibo, and okay. and it's also handcrafted, even though, though it isn't. I don't know. I imagine it costing at least a few dollars more personally. Yeah, because they know they'll be able to sell it for a few dollars more. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine probably makes sense. Uh, yeah, what are they doing? Three colors. Yeah, and they they have uh, the game packaged with the green one, which is nice. So you probably for sure can get a green one, no problem. The other colors are going to be more rare. Sure. Is it, is that, uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Is that going to be in the United States um, that it's packaged with it? Because I know that's going on in the UK. I'm, I would almost have to believe they would do it in, in every region, but I guess I, I guess I could be wrong. But I, I think so. they'll do it. That'll be nice. Yeah. I, I want the blue one, but I'm I might actually do that pack in because I kind of want this game the more I see it. I think at this point they're kind of realizing that Amiibo move really well and that mm-hmm. if you package it with a game, people might get a game they wouldn't otherwise want. I mean, which is the right re- reason why I think the Mario Party Mario wasn't sold separately until now. I think they might have probably got people to buy Mario Party who might not have bought it otherwise just to snag that Amiibo and have their set because who knows, you know, if it would come out separately or how rare it would be. I mean, that's the whole thing, so. Hmm. I agree. Point. Yeah. Moving on. Oh, go, yeah, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. We'd be moving on to the next say, it's thing. The perceived, it's the perceived value, though, you know? Like, there's something about, like, even now, as a parent of a young child, like, when I see something, I'm like, this has a movie and a figure. You know, it's still <laughs> that same sort of thinking uh, for, right. for just the average consumer looking at Mario Party 10 or yeah. Yoshi or whatever else. Um, I'm surprised they're not doing it with Splatoon, honestly. But, you know, they yeah, went with a three-pack sure. instead. And now, uh, yeah, well, it's... it'll be interesting to see. Uh... Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, um, are, are we gonna talk about the Splatoon voice chat news? I can't remember. Well, so it's we talked about that last week, I think. Okay, you guys. Yeah, it sucks. It. It's except it did just come out that the reason why they didn't do it was because of the unsavoriness of uh, uh, online players, which makes sense. Like online negativity, I think, is the official reason. Which is fine, I guess, but at the same time, they they gotta join the future sometime. Which sounds like such a shitty, like, generic thing to say about Nintendo. But sometimes it gets frustrating when it comes to stuff like this. Right, right. Okay. There you go. So, moving on to new releases. This week, Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. And it is the night before this game comes out, and I still haven't decided if I want it or not. Are you getting this, guys? Either of you, <laughs> somebody, <laughs> Bueller, um, I'm probably going to get it. I never played the Wii one, so I'm, and I have the new 3DS XL, so you know this game is exclusive to it. It kind of feels like I owe it to myself <laughs> to to do that. Yeah, to justify your system. Yeah, but you know, yeah. the thing with me in that game is, anytime that a game boasts about having three, you know, a hundred hours of gameplay or more. That's really not a selling point to me, actually. So, right. <laughs> you know, like, I don't mind getting 100 hours out of Mario Kart, just, you know, and with, like, multiplayer sessions with people and that sort of thing. But I don't want a game that takes that long just to complete the, the main quest or the main idea of the game. So, 
I don't know, but it does, like, I hear that it's one of the best JRPGs of all time, and definitely mm-hmm. one of the best of the last few years, and I certainly am getting into RPGs in a new way um, over the last few years, mm-hmm. thanks to thanks to Persona 4, so, uh, yeah, maybe yes. so. Yeah, a similar boat, Scott? Uh, I played I played and beat the Wii one um, back in the day, and I adore the game. It is really fantastic. It's it's easily the best JRPG of last generation, and, and I think one of the best of all time for sure. Um, so I think you owe yourself owe to yourself to play it. Uh, but I personally will not be playing the the 3DS version. Um, you know the it, the Wii version wasn't much of a looker, but the 3DS version uh, looks even worse. And I hear a lot of the like scale and scope of the huge large environments is sort of lost, uh, sure. and the handheld setting. Uh, but I will say for you, Josh, like I know having kids. I mean, I have two kids. I think the 3DS version might be the way to go for you if you're interested in playing it, just because that portability and the ability to just like, oh, I need to do something now, you know, with the kids. Someone needs help, whatever. Just close the system, set it aside, and then come back later when you're ready to keep playing. Like it's not as much as uh, but like as a commitment when you're at home playing. So awesome! Yeah, it's absolutely worth yeah. playing. I would also compare the length to Persona 4. It's like, like in the same way Persona 4 gets that 100-hour uh, mark, even though that's not necessarily always an accurate case, I would say for most people just playing through the game normally, 50, 60 hours through Xenoblade yeah. is about right. Yeah. Well, it's so it's not the same. Yeah, there's so yeah. much extra stuff to do, so it's totally up to you like how engrossed you want to get into the world and all the side quests, but you can easily complete it in like half that time that's advertised. Yeah. Okay, well, that's yeah. that's intriguing to me. And, you know, you brought up the thing about standby mode, just being able to close the system. Um, anyone who wants handheld gaming to go away does not have a kid. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> being able to do that is incredible, and, you know, it's yeah. the reason that I love the Vita as well, in addition to the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, also this week, Pokemon Rumble World, the new free-to-play free to play game, excuse me, from the uh, Pokemon Rumble gang. It is the fourth game in the series after the first game on WiiWare, Rumble Blast is a 3DS physical game, uh, Rumble U on the Wii U, which was no good, and now this one. And it actually sounds like this one is supposed to be real good. I, w- I was a big fan of Rumble Blast, and it sounds like this one, even though it's free-to-play, is almost like a follow-up to that. Uh, I think Pokemon's doing a really great job with this free-to-play thing so far. It seems like they're completely nailing it with Shuffle. Uh, apparently so. So I get a ton of street passes um, because I, I teach at a university. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm passing thousands and thousands of people every day. And uh, I get about you know seven to ten a day, thankfully. And almost everyone, that is the game that they were most recently playing. Um, so just anecdotal evidence certainly, but this is the way it's been for about a month now. It's everybody is playing that. Or Fantasy Life. Yeah. So, which yeah. is going free to play, so anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll be talking about that soon enough. Yeah, yeah I'll hold off on that one. <laughs> yeah. But do you guys like the free-to-play well, Pokemon games? How are you feeling about them? I haven't played them. I'm, I'm a huge Pokemon guy, and I've been meaning to play Shuffle, and I'm a big fan of the Rumble games, so I'm I would have played that today if I had more time, but I mean, if they can do it right and if they can make it a free game that I just pay for in chunks, like it sounds like these are, I'm in. It's I I just need to find the time to actually play them. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a dangerous thing with free to play games. 
I think, yeah. though, that the idea from a business sense is that they want it to kind of become your life, you know, or a big part of your life uh, in order mm-hmm. for you to actually to actually start spending money on a regular basis or whatever. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Scott? Are, are you into the free-to-play Nintendo business? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I, I'm glad that they're doing it, and I, I think it's a good test run for when they eventually start making mobile games. I mean, any of these games so far could really work on mobile platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played uh, Steel Diver, which I thought was, was pretty good, and I played mm-hmm. Rusty's Real Deal Baseball, which I did not like at all. Um, hmm. But the Pokemon stuff sounds interesting, and it seems like they've done a, a good job with it. It's just not really for me. I'm not a huge Pokemon guy, really. I'm not really a big match three guy. Um, Rumble World might be interesting. I might download it and like let my daughter watch because she really likes Pikachu and stuff. So she might enjoy just kind of watching it because it's kind of cutesy. But hmm. outside of that, I don't really have too much of a interest in it. That, that makes sense. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Entry uh, mm-hmm. Mystery Dungeon, the new Mystery Dungeon game from Chunsoft is that came out. I haven't played it yet, but I really like the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon games. Hopefully that's all right. Affordable Space Adventures, the new uh, Wii U independent game that came out. Uh, have either of you played that? I know you are more into the indie stuff, uh, Joshua, being an indie guy yourself. I haven't actually gotten to play it, but I've followed it for a long time, and I'm in love with the idea. You know, it, it kind of... What's the game on iOS where everybody could... Uh, you can all talk at the same time. Uh, like every, it's a free app, and everybody downloads it, and you're like running a space station together. And, space team. Yep, space team. And so this seems like a much more advanced version of that concept in terms of working together um, in outer space, uh, and it's just oozing with charm. Like if you, even if you've just looked at the trailers, like surely that shows. And I really respect these guys because they're kind of in a similar boat as us that they're sort of being exclusive to Nintendo um, on the eShop at a time when not very very many people do that. And so I'm kind of intrigued just to see how it goes for them, knowing that we're going to do that next year as well. And, uh, you know, Nintendo's kind of given them a push, I noticed, on Twitter today. They've they've really promoted that game well. So I'm hoping it'll do well, but it's kind of, it's, it's a tad expensive for what most people are used to paying for indie games. Like, I think it's worth the money from what I've seen but I just am worried that it won't do well because isn't it 20 bucks if I'm not mistaken? I'm pretty sure. That sounds correct. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know for a fact, but but I think I heard that somewhere. You know, and 15 bucks is sort of the price that most people agree is acceptable for indie games right now for whatever yeah. reason. $15 is, is something people will pay. So I hope that that doesn't uh, keep the game from doing well. Sure. Uh, and then on the DS Virtual Console this week, WarioWare Touched and Yoshi Touch and Go. WarioWare Touched is a real good game. I wouldn't say the best WarioWare. I, I might argue mm-hmm. that's a uh, twist. My man. <laughs> yes. Realm. Yeah. It's the most all of them are. And then Yoshi Touch and Go. I'm a huge fan of the Yoshi Island games. Never played this. I kind of wish it was on 3DS instead. Yep, it um, makes a lot more sense. But <laughs> what <did you> do? <laughs> it's good. I mean, but yeah. aren't, they char- aren't they charging $10 for it? I think it's yep. 10 bucks for both of these, which is a fine price for WarioWare, but I don't know about Yoshi. 
even like even I came out yeah. on DS. I mean, it was like more of a tech demo just to kind of show like this is what the DS is capable of. This is what touch controls on your handheld uh, like platform can offer. And it was it was right. such a cool idea. But even then, that was around the time like iPhone was really catching on and like the idea of mobile gaming. And even then, it felt like well, this might serve better as like a cheap iPhone game versus like a full price DS game. And ten dollars, just that's it's crazy. It's a total like arcade kind of quick like Twitch experience. It should be cheap. That should be the next like free to play game on 3ds. Is just revise mm-hmm. that and, and sort of implement some kind of payment system, extra lives or something like that. Not a bad thought. Sure. Um, Neil Ronahan was on uh, Nintendo World Report's own. Um, Neil Ronahan <laughs> was on. Uh, you don't pronounce the G, right? It's a silent G, is what I picked it's up. It's Han. Yep. Yeah. Ronahan. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I've met him in person. I feel like I can. Joke about his name. So, uh, but let me. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Oh no, he was on Twitter. That's right. And he was <laughs> um, yeah, special guest on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was talking about the whole ten dollars for Yoshi Touch and Go thing. Yeah, yeah. And I really agreed with him because he was like, "What's the point of having variable pricing from seven to ten dollars if um, if Yoshi's Touch and Go is going to be ten dollars? Like, <laughs> yeah. what will be seven dollars then?" <laughs> right. That's valid point. Like, how bad of a game does it have to be to be $7? Mm-hmm. Um, Pink Pals? You know? Like, <laughs> Do we yeah. the magic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a, I don't know, that, I was pretty disappointed in the pricing there. Not because I can't swing the extra $3, it's just the principle of it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, sure. And then Nintendo just introduced a super spring sale from the 9th through the 20th. We use got Pikmin three for forty one bucks, Captain Toad for twenty seven dollars or excuse me twenty eight dollars, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's, it's an okay game. It's it's good for that price, I would say. Uh, I would I would say I would say that game's one that everyone like raved about it for like the first week or two after launch, and then completely forgot about it pretty much. And I would say rightfully so. It's uh I, I think it's extremely charming, but the difficulty, the very low difficulty harmed that game, I think. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that, but uh, okay. I get your point though. Like I, the difficulty thing is something that I've been wondering about for a while and grappling with too, because like I didn't really like Kirby's Epic Yarn. And Neither because did I. <laughs> yeah, because it's so, because it's just so easy, but it's beautiful and charming, and I love Kirby. Um, but for whatever reason, Captain Toad, I don't know, maybe it's just like a zen sort of thing for me, but I'm able to just sit down and play like three levels and just kind of zone out and, and just enjoy the music and everything, and I just, I don't know. I, I love that game and everything it stands for. But you're right, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it's, it's pretty easy. But it's also neat, and it, I mean, it is a cheaper yeah, game already. Like at least it's sold for forty right out of the right out of the gate, which helps uh, with the difficulty aspect. I love the way that it like uh, interwines with uh, Mario 3D World too. So I think it does have a lot of charm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a fun game. It's definitely. I think it was worth forty, and it's definitely worth what twenty eight, like for sure. So yeah, that's probably closer to what it should yeah. have launched at, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and, and even despite what I said about Captain Toad, like, it's good that they priced 40 Like, they recognized the amount of content that was in this game and in Rainbow Curse, and they said, like, okay, this is the right price for this game. And I'm hoping they end up doing the same thing for uh, Mario Maker. 
because I do not want to pay 60 for that game, even though I kind of want it. Fuck, I'll pay 100 for that game. That game looks so good. Wow. Yo, really? <laughs> I wouldn't pay for 100 $100. I will, this... I, will pay, I will pay full price for it. So this is what gets Scott to, like, actually break financially. <laughs> Mario Maker. Yeah. Not Amiibo, but, like, a proven... Well, it's not proven yet, but a... Uh, what looks to be a very good... Uh, well, very great game, actually, with legs uh, that will last for quite some time. So I'm very excited. And they're getting it right with the online cool. stuff. So, you know, which I was really worried that they yeah, would yeah. that they would not make sharing very easy, and it seems like that's going to be a big thing. And I love that Out of the Gate incorporates every, like, era of Mario. They very easily could have just had it been Mario 1 and then, like, done some shady DLC down the line. Like, they unlocked, like, Mario 3 skins and Mario World skins. I love that just right out of the gate. It's like, make whatever whatever Mario level you want and whatever Mario game is your favorite. Like, I, I really like that aspect of it. It's great. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Uh, Chariots ten fifty. Sports Ball is seven bucks. Castle Storm is seven. World of Keflings is seven. Golden Sun is five fifty nine. F Zero Maximum Maximum Velocity is four eighty nine. And then on three DS, uh, a game Joshua's getting Kirby Triple Deluxe is twenty five bucks. Twenty four fifty. Yeah. So, so I go. I bought that game a long time ago, and I was playing it. When I was uh, the first time I was a guest on um, RFN, actually Radio Free Nintendo, mm-hmm. and uh, I talked it up, and then I never finished it, and I ended up selling the cart because I got really, <laughs> bit, I had this way too big of a backlog. But I've been wanting to come back to it, and now I had a 2DS at the time, so the whole effect was kind of lost on me. But now mm-hmm. I have a new 3DS XL, so um, bring that game on. Yeah. Twenty-five bucks is a great price for it. And that game actually does cool yeah. stuff with 3D if you're into 3D, which which I am. Yeah. It's good that Nintendo's still doing games that take advantage of that feature. Uh, mm-hmm. Tomodachi Life's $24.50. Mario Kart 7's $20.99, which is a fantastic price for a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. Tetris Ultimate, $14. Siesta Fiesta, $4. Whoa, Dave, $3.50. Mario Lost Levels, $3.50. Mighty Gonvolt, 280, and Curse Bloosh for 209. Uh, that's an okay price for that game, too. That's Nintendo published, I'm pretty sure, Curse Bloosh is. That, that's actually a pretty fun game where uh, you drop a ball and then you, you try to, like, direct it through various holes in, in a well. It's uh, it, it's actually it's pretty good action for, for a non-action game. I would recommend everyone look up a trailer for that one. Cool. And uh, moving into news... Lego Dimensions was fully announced this morning. It feels like we just talked about that like two weeks ago on this show as a rumor, <laughs> but now it turns out that Lego Dimensions is actually reality. It's coming out on Wii U September 27th, and it'll use characters from the Lego movie, Batman, Lord of the Rings, The Wizard of Oz, uh, Back to the Future is going to have its own level pack. It sounds like all like the Warner uh, like IP, if you would call it that, is... Uh, that's all going to be represented in this game. It's going to be an open-world adventure game, so perhaps in the realm of the later LEGO Batman games and the uh, LEGO City Undercover. The starter pack is going to be 100 bucks and comes with Batman, Gandalf, and Wild Style, and a portal made of actual LEGO that you have to build yourself. And then the Back to the Future stage pack, which comes with a quote-unquote Back to the Future level of three characters, is 30 bucks. And then there are going to be fun packs of characters that are going to be 15 each. And that is some insane pricing. 
Yeah, the, <laughs> everything outside of the core, like getting the game and the portal and the three figures and all that for a hundred bucks, that seems fine. But everything else seems overpriced to me. Yeah, it's thirty bucks for the Back to the Future stuff. I mean, at least they're trying to get the Lego part right. But I don't think there's any way that you could practically expect success with this for a hundred dollars. I, I'm, I'll say it now. I don't think this is going to be extremely successful. I think this is going to be the first one of these ideas to uh, get the closest to failure as possible. I don't know. I go back and forth. I think the pricing is insane, but Lego is still really popular, and I think it's smart to tie it, A, to the movie that just came out, which I think will do well with younger people, and then your first set coming out is Back to the Mm -hmm. Future, which is obviously targeting mean people our age. Well, not you, Alex, because you're like 10, but uh, Josh and I... So yeah, like I think they're they're trying to hit like all demographics there. So I could see it still doing like still doing well, but I personally don't. I mean, for that price, I just can't. I can't have more like junk in my house uh, that I'm spending like thirty dollars on a pop. I mean, I just can't do it. What about um, junk in your trunk? That I always have room for, but I don't think Lego are going to do that for me. It will be very okay. like bumpy and hard. That's oh, not you're really analyzing for. this. Yeah, I think I'll just I'm gonna grab like 18 yarn Yoshi amiibo and, and put that in my trunk, and I think that will give you the effect that I need. Yeah, good luck pre-ordering them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so Wizard of Oz is that a bit? Who is that yeah. targeting? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Ninety-year-old women. <laughs> like I mean, honestly though. Uh, what? That, that was they, the... they want the 1930s audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're they're big gamers. I think uh, definitely <laughs> PS4 owners. <laughs> what is? Yeah, this? I don't I don't uh, get it. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to see it, but yeah, that makes no sense. I also whenever I, I tweeted this earlier and kind of made fun of it, but I want to read this this sponsored tweet I saw from Lego Dimensions, their official Twitter account today. Um, because I just enjoyed how it like insane this tweet is and how little it makes sense. So it it says, "Get ready to break the rules because the only rule with Lego Dimensions is that there are no rules." So like I'm trying to look at it. So there's one rule, which is that there are no rules, but we're getting ready to break that rule, which I guess means there's gonna be rules. Like that's where I ended up with it. I think there's gonna be a lot of rules. Is where I think I'm at on this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So rules a big game. Something to ponder. The thing is, did they capitalize the word break? Like, did they put that in all caps as if that refers to anything in the Lego franchise? It's hashtag break the rules with each letter capitalized. Each, like, first letter capitalized, yeah. That's fucked up. I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Which part, the hashtag or the capitalization or all of it? It's it's, it's the the, the specialized, it's, it's all a mess. It's all a proper mess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There is nothing about this I like, uh, <laughs> be it the announcement or the sponsored tweet or the fact that the Wizard of Oz is what they're leading with. That's their fourth at bat. <laughs> this is fucked up. Let's move on. Um, yeah. Oh, it's dark times. Codename Steam. Code, codename Steam. Fast forward patch was finally released, and I am happy that it got released this soon. Version 1.1. If you got a regular 3DS, 2DS, XL, you could speed up enemy turns by two times and then three times on new 3DS. Also applies to the demo. 
and, and all this stuff will already be included when the game launches in Europe in May. Scott, I'm pretty sure when we did the uh, our spring preview episode, we both listed this as the most exciting for mm-hmm. game we had this season. And as of right now, my copy is still sealed, and you haven't bought it yet. I do not own it yet. That is correct. Um, it came out while I was on vacation in Florida, which probably helped me not buying it. Um, I think I might right. have ordered it, you know, just downloaded it from the eShop like at midnight if it had, I'd been home and it had been regular circumstances. But uh, then, the re- you know, the reviews came out, and also, like, it was good, but it was kind of a drag and a bore. So I was like, well, yeah. I think I'm going to wait on this. So I love that they've already addressed that issue. And I don't know that this was already something in the works, and they did just try to, like, push the game faster knowing they would release this patch, or if once they saw all the reviews, they sort of panicked a little bit and thought, okay, mm-hmm. no, we really need to address this. I hope it's the latter, uh, because if it's the former, that's kind of disappointing, because that basically means, like, Nintendo is, like, basically every other huge publisher right now where they just release games that are a little bit buggy, knowing they can just patch it down the road. Uh, so I'm hoping they just kind of yeah. take the criticism to heart and realize this needed to be fixed quickly uh, if they were going to, like, have this game really take off. And as a new IP, I think they really wanted it to take off. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I will get it soon um, and give it a shot now that this patch is out. So uh, Yeah, I, so I have the game and bought it day yeah. one, like a yeah. crazy oh. person. <laughs> and um, that's it's a the speed the, the how long it took for the AI to do their turns it honestly it was a problem like I mean there are some things that the internet just complains about and there's no real reason for it but this really needed to be fixed so I just kind of wonder if it's too late is is my concern yeah um, but like you know because with video games it's yeah. so front loaded with boxed retail games like you get your sales in the first three weeks and then it's yeah. over kind of right. And this patch is out, but how many sites are going back and, like, revising the reviews now to remove these complaints and adjust their scores? I mean, I know some sites will do that. I mean, Polygon has been very open about that. That's a policy they have. But other sites, I don't know that they will. And so even a casual fan who searches this game now will mostly just see complaints versus, uh, you know, like, praise for what's been corrected now. So so short after release. So it is unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I, I bet what happened was... I bet this was just an unfortunate circumstance for Nintendo. I bet that uh, when this game was being finished, I bet there were so few people internally at Intelligent Systems, and few as in a few hundred, and then maybe even a few hundred people providing Nintendo's oversight looking at this game. And they probably saw it as a problem, and they were probably already working on the patch, but they didn't know how big of a problem it was until the review started complaining about it. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to see, because uh, there wasn't a strong reaction to this in the demo because of its smaller scale, so I bet they uh, they didn't realize how big of a problem this was, and then they freaked out and uh, so long to get it out within a month. Fortunate situation, the reasons why this game's tanking, or probably will tank. <laughs> Final story of the night. Let's wrap this up, boys. Level 5 Vision Conference. That happened in Japan. And the biggest story is that even though it was kind of sort of announced several times already, like kind of maybe, Yokai Watch, the extremely popular Japanese franchise, is finally coming to America. Uh, it, It sounds like next year, but none of the American channels have said that yet. But And uh, Nintendo 
Nintendo's producing it. It sounds like uh, a Pokemon-inspired game, kind of. I, I don't know. It's I'm just excited about it because I hear Pokemon whenever someone tries to describe this game, and I also know how extremely popular it is in Japan. I really wish it was coming like in the May-June area this year because... That's like that's the right time for me to play this game because I remember the uh, what's it called Inazuma Eleven the other level five game they put that out like last February I think like last February to April which was like the ideal time for that because there wasn't that much else to play and if that came out around this time I probably would have been able to give it the same attention but instead it sounds like they're gonna launch it next year and I don't know if I'm able to wait that long have you guys been excited about this too? Uh, Joshua? Uh, not really. Just to be completely honest, it's not really my bag. But I think it's going to be really big in the United States. Uh, just the type of phenomenon it's been over there in Japan, I think it's going to translate to success over here too. So I, I'm, I'm just excited to have something new. <laughs> Though I'm not going to play yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Just to know it exists. Sure. And, uh, Scott, are, are you in a similar camp? Uh, I'll probably give it a shot when it when it does get brought over here. Um, I said I'm not the, the biggest Pokemon fan, and I guess what I should say is I'm not the biggest, like, uh, I don't know, like, extracurricular Pokemon fan. Like, I'm not going to go out and, like, play all the, the side games, I guess, so much, but I do still enjoy the mainline games. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy the, the systems of Pokemon, even if... To me, it's been very samey since the beginning, and I, I probably haven't actually finished one since like the second generation of Pokemon. Um, but I still wow. do enjoy it. So I know, right? I every time I try, I try to give it a shot, and I just I, I play fifteen or twenty hours, but I just never end up beating them. I just kind of like burn out. Uh, they keep getting easier to beat, Scott. Like you could probably beat uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire without much trouble if you actually like put I the time it. into it. I believe it. Yeah, yeah. I just I, that's the thing. Time, I just. You know, I, I hit a point where I'm like, okay, this is like kind of the same I've always played, and I, I enjoy that it looks better now, and that the multiplayer is better incorporated, with being able to jump online easily with the 3DS and stuff like that. But uh, outside of that, it just never holds my attention the whole way through. But something uh, new like this, like uh, Yokai Watch, might might do that. So I'm excited. I'll, I'll probably give it a look. Word, and then also the toys are coming out via Hasbro. And then the anime is also coming out. Maybe also via Hasbro if they do that. Uh, they show the dub at the uh, this level five thing. I didn't see it if there's a video out there, but I know they showed it. And then they also announced Yokai Watch Busters, a uh, a side story of Yokai Watch Two that'll release in two versions, a la Pokemon. Yokai Watch Three is coming out this December in Japan and will be set in the United States with American themed Yokai environments. And then Koei Tecmo is developing a crossover called Yokai Watch, called Yokai Sengokushi. And uh, I, I probably pronounced that wrong. That's probably a storied franchise that everyone loves but me. But it's <laughs> Sengokushi. The this game will be perfect. a turn-based... Oh, you know what it is? It's uh, Nobunaga. It's the, uh, like, Pokemon Conquest. They're doing that with Yokai oh. Watch. Okay, cool. Like, cool. A, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms. So yeah. th- there you go. I was surprised that they uh, they didn't just start with Yokai Watch 3 because I presume it's like Pokemon where it's just a new generation each time. And I assume that this one, being in the United States, this would have been the one they launched with almost in the same way that uh, 
Bravely Default, they launched with, like, the enhanced version rather than the original version. But I, I guess they want to start from the beginning, but at the same time, that makes me worried, like, are we even going to see Yokai Watch 3 at this point on 3DS? Because that system probably only has two years of life left in it. Sure, sure. Yeah. It might be kind of like a Phoenix Wright situation, you know, where, we're, where uh, we just lag behind for a long time. Uh, you know, because yeah. like, we didn't start getting those games until what? Because they were on the GBA in Japan, mm-hmm. a lot of them, mm-hmm. so we didn't get those until years later. But aren't we caught up? Or pretty close to it, aside from some of the latent no, stuff. No, no, we're, we're absolutely caught up, except for the uh, well, Layton. I uh, Layton's. Uh, it's got some issues, though. I think we're caught up on Layton too. The uh, we were late on Wright versus Layton. That was like a couple years late. Yeah. And then the uh, the Japanese Phoenix Wright, the uh, like that two hundred year prequel. That one hasn't been announced for the West yet, but otherwise we're caught up. However, I would argue that the reason why Phoenix Wright Right was a different story, is that Phoenix Wright has this, like... First off, it was more to access the game no matter what, and uh, adults who were in the loop, and Phoenix Wright had this level of raw quality to it that it would have been a cult classic almost no matter what. At the mm-hmm. same time, Yokai Watch, it, regardless of whether it's amazing for everyone or not, this thing is distinctly being marketed towards a huge kid audience. And if it doesn't get picked up by that audience, I don't know if they're going to see the rest of us as viable. I, I hope they do. I hope they're marketing it for us and hope they get pleasantly surprised, but I just don't see that happening. Well, and when you already have a toy deal with Hasbro, I mean, you know, they're playing their cards, and so they need this to be a big success, or you're right, it probably will just go away. Yep. Um, they also announced their next huge cross-media, trans-media project, The Snack World, which is going to be using the NFC reader on 3DS via keychains. It's kind of like a Dragon Quest. It's They described it as, like, a hyper-casual fantasy game, and it looks like Dragon Quest. And what you can do is you can buy these keychains in real life, put them on the 3DS NFC, and then you can introduce weapons and equipment to your character. And then I don't know if you guys saw that trailer... But the art style looks pretty incredible. Like it reminds me almost mm-hmm. as uh, something that would come out of Studio Ghibli, if if you guys saw it. And uh, hopefully that'll come to the West too, and within a couple years. Um, yeah, man, I'm hoping yeah. so too. It seems like we're a, a little bit more. Um, but when you look at the games that come out on the Vita, like apparently there is a market for this stuff in the United States. You know the. How many uh, JRPGs and games that a few years ago would not have been sent over here are making it over here because of digital markets? So, maybe. Word. And then finally, the last thing we have to talk about, Layton 7 and Fantasy Life 2 have finally been announced for mobile only. There you go. Um, Layton 7's uh, kind of like that werewolf card game, if you want. What? And Fantasy Life 2 looks like Clash of Clan. I'm done. That's it, I'm, yeah. This is, this is a show. Do we, do we even want to fucking justify this? That, that, that's Nintendo News Report. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to... Josh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's our show. Where can we find you? What can we 
get that's yours, etc. <laughs> like your NES uh, Amiibo, where can we get that? Yeah, where can you, where can you <laughs> rob me? Um, where can you find me in the dark at night and take my NES Amiibo, which I will be carrying at all times, um, like you do? Uh, no, so you should go to neontheninja.com or neonthegame.com. Both of those will work. And take a look at that game. It's going to be a Wii U exclusive next year. We're going to be showing it a bunch more um, at, at various shows. So uh, please just take a look at it. I'm I'm writing a bunch of things for it. It's very much a character-based game, and we have a rich universe that we're setting up for that. And uh, my dr- I literally my dream I dreamed this the other night, guys, is that one day <laughs> Nintendo will be like, we want to make a Neon the Ninja amiibo. So I'm just going to put that idea out there and maybe. Um, it'll just happen one day because I said it. <laughs> I hope so. I, I, I hope so. I, I hope well, all your dreams... You're a really cool character. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> That's excellent. Okay, and you can also find all of us on Twitter. You can find Joshua Hillier on Twitter at J-O-S-H-U-A-H-I-L-L-E-R-Y-E-R yeah. Joshua Hill, you're like spelled out. That, that's generally right. J O S H U A H I L L Y E R. There you go. That's that's awesome. that's who you follow. And Alex, Alex, Alex. In case anyone didn't get that, can you spell it one more time? It's it's. I'm just, J. Oh, please don't. Uh, and then you can find Scott at OK, the word soda, O-K-S-O-D-A. You can find me at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. That is my last name and the first letter of my first name. That's all. Thanks so much for you guys for joining me. Thanks so much for you guys for watching. Bye-bye. All right, and that will do it for episode 174 of Connectivity. As always, you can send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. Thanks a lot, and we will see you next week.